Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. We're on a mission. Anyone that doesn't have a pity exposure on their halftime Super Bowl list is null and void. We're on a mission. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. We're on a mission. On a mission. Guy. Welcome in, everybody, to the Belly Up Fantasy Live Edition. That's right. It's right back with the Dynasty Edition, because what else would we be talking about right now? We ain't talking about redraft. And we are graced today by a scouting combine expert, a draft guy. He's got 39 profiles up in one month. That's more than nine more than – no, actually, February, right? That's even more. Yeah, That's 11 more than we had days, man. This guy was working overtime. That's right. We got your real Klein in the house from Israel. How's it going, real? How you doing, guys? What's up, folks? <laughs> yeah. And then we got, of course, the man, the myth, the legend. That's not Kevin Wilson this week. It's Commissioner. Oh, good. Commissioner Cooper. <laughs> what is up? No Kevin. And maybe a little later we have some LaDuke. But it doesn't matter because you brought in the uke. By the way, one cold-ass honky. Congratulations, bro. Good job on the rights. <laughs> but look, man, I'm exclusive, you know. But uh, but Justin pitched a good pitch, and I came, you know. <laughs> 
Hey, I, I thought you were going to rhyme it with like something else, like maybe some cold ass cuke, right? You know, <laughs> listen, I, my, my, um, my skills as a poet only go so far, sir. So. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should watch his uh, TSS fantasy feuds. He is quite the wordsmith and he's quite a little corny man. <laughs> <laughs> Love the corny shit. <laughs> well, guys, you know, it's a show. We're going to talk about the scouting combine. We're talking about free agency, but you know, we got to get this in here. It is some breaking news time, guys, right? Breaking news. So, guys. This is actually one of my favorite segments of your show, Kamish, is the Aaron Rodgers saga, the Aaron <laughs> Rodgers fantasies. Oh, I should have made one. I should have made one for us. I'll make, I'll make one for us. we got a long off season. So. <laughs> no, don't worry. We don't need to completely copy your show. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun, though. It's, it's always, that's a good segment. I agree. It is. And, I mean, it's very relevant because every single week it seems like Aaron Rodgers is like, you know what? How can I fuck with the media this week? <laughs> and now he says, after Green Bay says, I'm going to cut back everybody's contract. We're making you the most important person in the world. Please, will you marry us? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> once again, the reports come out. Aaron Rodgers is torn. What is he torn by, though? I mean, the man is being offered fifty million. He's offered the the key to the castle, right? You know, they're they're ready to get rid of his best friend Devontae Adams and everything. Maybe that's the reason why. Huh? But maybe maybe Aaron, you know, you made enough money with State Farm and everything. You know, maybe it's time to kind of give back to the community, give back to Devontae, get a second receiver in there, guys. Do you think there's a real chance that Aaron Rodgers is quote unquote torn, or do you think he just wants to play this out the entire offseason? Let's go to Yuke first. Yuke, please tell me what's your feel about Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I mean, look, this guy, he just loves the drama, man. There's no like there's no other way around it. It's just he has such a perfect situation right now in Green Bay. They're willing to give him everything. You know, he has a great O-line, he's got good running backs, he's got, you know, Devontae Adams, possibly the best receiver in the league. It's just, it's not going to get better for him. It's just all about the drama. I honestly, I can't make heads or tails of what he's going to do, but I actually did hear something really cool, which is like, I think it was on Saturday, David Bakhtiari was getting married and Aaron Rodgers was officiating the wedding. And apparently he told people that on Tuesday, hopefully like this Tuesday, he'll have his final decision, Mm. which starts to make it seem like maybe, you know, he's, he's going to break it off and he's waiting until after the wedding festivities cool down. But uh, honestly, with Aaron Rodgers, you never know. You never know what's up. <laughs> Can you imagine giving that speech? Be like, David's been great to me for so long. I'm going to miss him so much. David's like, what the fuck did he just say? Let's make this about me again one more time. All right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Coop, you've been talking about this for a while because you have it on your show as well. You know, you've had another day to reflect on it. How are you feeling about this guy, this drama queen? <laughs> well, listen, I, I've always, when we started the Aaron Rodgers fantasies, the, f the fact of the matter is I love Aaron Rodgers. Always have, like his spunk, uh, love everything he does. And then all of a sudden this year, it does seem to be turning a little bit of drama um, that's undeniable. There's nothing I can say. And I don't like people that like drama. Um, but you know, again, I'd still Aaron Rodgers. So I still kind of have, you know, a little bit of, you know, I guess infatuation with him. 
would love to see him in Miami. That's what brought up the fantasies anyway. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't know if I see him going anywhere. I mean, he was talking about gratitude. I mean, they showed you the gratitude. Um, so I don't know what else you really want other than, like you mentioned, um, keeping his boy. I mean, at the end of the day, if they're obviously, if they're going to make him the you know highest paid player in the NFL, where does that leave the contract situation for Devonta Adams? So that, that that's a big question. Um, and I think he wants to pair up. You know, I, I sat here earlier and listened to the, him mic'd up. Um, in one of their last games, and literally everything you heard was "love you, love you, love you, love you." These guys really do love each other, and so you know, if you have that pairing that doesn't want to go away, if they're going to get rid of him, he may end up going wherever Devonta goes. So uh, again, interesting scenarios coming up. Um, you know, again, we'll see though. You like you mentioned, he said the uh, decision was coming. I heard that last week though that it was coming this weekend. Still nothing. Yep. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is—he's just the treat that just keeps on giving. He's—he's—he's he's, he's the perennial freaking broccoli on Halloween. He's the guy that you just want to throw back at this point. Yeah, you're like, fuck it, just make your decision, stick with it, man. Your lack of commitment is torn the Packers apart sometimes. <laughs> Possibly, you know, we're not in a locker room. You might be right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's just the thing. You know, if you ask for fifty million dollars, you're asking for all the attention to be on you and you got to make the playoffs. You got to make the Super Bowl. So Aaron, good luck with that. But we got more news to go on. <laughs> um, just a couple other things to talk about. Obviously you guys know about the Amari Cooper trade talk going on. As of right now, it seems like the Cowboys are more likely to release him than anything else. They've got to get him out by the fifth day of the free agency period or the fifth day, as they say, of the new season. So my question to you guys is, if he gets traded or released, how are you guys looking at him dynasty outlook wise? Obviously, this is foreshadowing for a future segment in this show, but it's just a quick word on it. How are you guys looking at him as far as drafting him next year? Are you looking at him still in the same range that he was, knowing he's going to be on a different team, maybe the number one now, the unsung number one? Or are you looking at him as like, yeah, maybe just like, let's feel it out. Let's see where he ends up going. Because if he ends up in like Houston or something like that, I mean, obviously, it could be a Brandon Cook situation where he blows up, but it could also be a situation where they don't have anybody to give him the ball. So how are you guys feeling? Mish, I'll go to you first because I think him in Miami would be a phenomenal fit. <laughs> yeah, someone brought that up on the show, actually, too. Um, I think you just are, you're just trying to play into you. You want me – you're trying to feed me, trying to make me say it. I'm not going to say it. 2021 <laughs> was the year of the Cooper, without a shadow of a doubt. Thankfully, I mean, it started the podcast. Cooper Cup had an amazing year. It was Cooper all day. I don't know what 2022 is going to be like for us Coopers. You know, we're going to have to check it out. Um, quite frankly, you know, when you look around the league, there's way too many pieces right now that aren't in place yet to say, you know, where I would look at him at. One piece that we brought that was brought up on my show that I found interesting. What if Mike Williams leaves L.A.? What a nice fit he would be in the L.A. Chargers offense uh, alongside Keenan Allen. So there's a nice spot for him. I mean, there's plenty of options. So like you said, could he be in a situation like at Houston where there's nobody essentially? So you have a Brandon <laughs> Cook situation that he blows up or does he become a part of a quote, super squad, whatnot. And, you know, hey, if he's he's the guy that, you know, get, eats that day, he's the guy get, he eats. But that goes back to Amari Cooper, though. That's the kind of player he is. Some days are great. Some days not. 
That's why I see Amari Cooper. I'm not big on him um, anyway. So uh, quite honestly, you know, he do, it does nothing for me until I see where he lands. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Amari has had some injury problems in the past. He's obviously had some fantasy relevance, but at the same time, he hasn't, you know, paid back in dividends on some seasons. And last year was one of those seasons. Uh, you, you know, where do you see Amari fitting in nicely and, would you invest in Amari Cooper stock this upcoming season as far as like a dynasty team goes? You know, if he gets a little bit cheaper, obviously he probably will, depending on what situation he goes to. But would you invest in his stock going forward for, for dynasty reasons? Because it's a dynasty podcast. <laughs> so, so probably, I mean, if you think about it, most of the situations that he would go to now are probably an upgrade over what he has right now in Dallas. I mean, Dallas has turned into like a, a very defensive team, a very run heavy team. They're passing offense. I mean, unless they're playing losing teams, passing offense hasn't, isn't really like, you know, taking the roof off like it was, you know, two or three years ago. So I feel like most places that he would go would actually be an upgrade and, Every team in the league needs a receiver, you know, and think about it. Like if he goes to a place like Kansas city, you know, if Kansas city brings him in, they could probably get him for cheap, you know, to pair someone up with Tyree kill. I would definitely invest in him. I think there's a lot of places he would go that I'd be very interested. Uh, I mean, I definitely wouldn't put in a first for like a, a rookie first for him because I mean, he's a little bit getting closer to the older side. I mean, he's not old yet, but he's, he's get, getting close to those late twenties. Uh, but yeah, maybe a second. I mean, obviously pending where he goes, but I would definitely uh, stay optimistic about Amari Cooper. And let me ask one question. I don't, you know, and you guys, you know, I just want to kick it to both of you with this. Do you guys feel it's a smart business move to say, hey, um, we want to trade this guy, but if we don't trade him, we're just going to let him go? Like, where does your trade clout then become when you start negotiating? I couldn't believe when they made that announcement. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Just announce you're going to trade him. Then later, if you drop them, you drop them. But how are you going to negotiate now? If I was any team, I'd be like, cool, here's my seventh round in 20 billion years from now. Yeah, that was kind of something that happened with uh, Cleveland and Odell. Like they kind of did the same thing where they announced if we didn't get anything by the trade deadline, we were just going to let him go. And now you see Odell like obviously was worth like at least a third round pick. And that could have been great capital towards getting another receiver you know, especially in this deep class. So I totally agree with you. You don't just say, hey, I'm going to release him if nobody wants him because everybody's going to okay, fine, just release him. We'll negotiate with him personally. You know what I mean? I mean, I understand why they're releasing him because they need $20 million to put into Dalton Schultz, bring back Cedric Wilson on a smaller contract, maybe Gallup. But I totally agree with you, Commission. You don't just go out and announce we're most likely going to release him because <laughs> then everybody's yeah. just going to say, all right, fine. We'll wait for him to get released. <laughs> exactly. Made zero sense. It's a, it's a proverbial no skin off my nuts. <laughs> exactly. We know harm. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like that's for sure got to be something that just, you know, some low-level employee was talking to a reporter and leaked it. Like, there's no way Jerry Jones is getting on the podium and talking to reporters and saying, yeah, if we don't trade him, we're going to release him. Like, that's just not, you know. That doesn't make any sense. But the, I still think that it doesn't, you know, completely destroy the trade value because at the end of the day, there are going to be some teams that they feel like they won't have a shot to get him in the open market. And, you know, at least now maybe we'll throw in like a seventh or a six. Like we weren't considering it before. The price was too high. But maybe now we'll throw in like a sixth or a seventh and we'll be able to, to snag him away. We won't have to bid for him. You know, maybe, you know. Yeah, good cool point. Good point. I did want to mention too, Justin, as you mentioned the – Skin off the nuts, as you mentioned. This is a good time to mention our this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Exciting news just came across from our friends at Manscaped. They just launched their fourth generation performance package. 
This ultimate package includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming, have done it again to make your grooming game next level. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the new performance package 4.0. By going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BILLYAFANTASY. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived, and oh man, it was worth the wait. Inside this package, you'll find our Lawmore 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough this past year, so treat them with the best tools for the job from Manscaped. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Well, once again, Dan Maynard telling us how we can keep our balls nice and clean. Yeah. Well, not to, hey, listen, not to take anything away, Dan, from that great description you just have, but I did want to throw in, since Justin brought it up, if you will never have skin off your nuts when you use Manscaped. <laughs> you know, I know you didn't think I had a transition for that, but I had one more guy I want to talk about as far as massaging egos going. <laughs> and that is Russell no, I Wilson. did. Actually, I didn't expect you to go to commercial. I was just trying to. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of put me in a bind there. <laughs> but remember, Manscaped will never put you in a bind. <laughs> That's right. yeah, Manscaped does not miss, man. They always, Manscaped is. <laughs> oh, man. Lawnmower 4.0, guys. You got to go get it. But anyways, like I said, massaging egos. Russell Wilson got his ego massaged a little bit this weekend. Somebody leaked that the commanders were trying to get him for multiple first-round picks. At this point, guys, you look at this deal. You're Seattle. Pete Carroll has come out and said, we don't want this. We don't want to trade him and everything like that. Russell Wilson is going to be 33 He's coming off maybe one of his worst seasons as far as accuracy comes. And, you know, he was already known as one of the most accurate deep ball throwers. Wasn't that this year? Um, I know he had the injury problem. Are you guys, you know, what side would you have taken on this deal? Would you have gone and to Russell Wilson? Do you think it's that Pete Carroll said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my quarterback that obviously doesn't like me and obviously doesn't like the system that I'm running. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep this uh, relationship going, this souring relationship going. You know, where are you guys at with this? Do you think it was a smart move? Does it, look, does it make the commanders look incredibly desperate right now? Because this is one of the teams we're talking about when we talk about getting Malik Willis. And this is one of the reasons I'm out on Malik Willis, because if he ends up going to the commanders, I don't like his outlook. I mean, this could end up being RG3 2.0. So I'm going to pass it to Coop. How are you feeling about this trade overall? Who do you think would have won this trade? And do you think that's the right amount for Russell Wilson? Uh, that's tough. It's tough. Um, Russell, the Seattle has an offensive line problem uh, more than anything else. So, I mean, looking at Russell Wilson's standpoint, you know, I don't know if I wouldn't mind have you know a change of scenery. I'm not sure the Commanders would have been the greatest fit, um, but they're not a bad fit. They're not a bad offensive team. Um, 
So, you know, I'm not sure if I was the commanders, I would sell the farm for Russell Wilson. Um, being at the age that he's at, injury problems are starting to mount. I'm not sure I'd sell the farm on him. He wouldn't be the guy. I, you know, somebody again, Deshaun Watson, somebody young, um, is who I'd, you know, sell the farm for or something like that. So um I would Seattle would have ended up making out on this deal. Um, but again, they have an offensive line problem, an identity problem where it's like the coach wants to run, but then Russell wants to throw, and then we want to throw, and then we want to run. We don't know what we want to do in Seattle. Um, right. you have you have two really prime time receivers too. You need a quarterback there. They need someone to feed Metcalf and Lockett. So um, yeah, um at the end of the day, after my long ramble. Seattle would um, have won the trade, um, and I wouldn't have made the trade if I was Washington. Yeah, and that's fair enough. I mean, Washington, you know, obviously they've been seeking out options. I think I heard a report that Washington actually inquired about Patrick Mahomes. It stirred up this whole thing on Twitter about how many first-round picks would it take for Washington to get Patrick Mahomes. And I mean, I'm like, at that point, you got to give me a first-round pick for every year on his contract. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, I'd say you got to give a first-round pick for every year ever for the rest of always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Eric Dickerson. <laughs> <laughs> Another Ricky trade. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where it makes them kind of look a little bit desperate on their end. I mean, well, I think they've been, they've been, their names have been mentioned for any QB that's been out there. I think I've heard yeah. Washington mentioned and, and on everyone. Um, so I don't know if it's de- necessarily desperate. You know, again, you want to improve your football team. So, yeah, if you feel he's the improvement, make, make the play for him. Well, so here's where I'm saying with the desperate part, where you see like somebody like maybe like a Jimmy G being like a last case scenario yeah. in that one. And that could be something where right now his line is probably like a fourth round pick. If they really get desperate about needing a quarterback, that could turn into a second-round pick is where I'm kind of going out with that. Where, I mean, listen, I'm a 49ers fan, but I don't see the value in a second-round pick for Jimmy G, even though that was his original trade. Um, Yuke, what do you feel about this one, man? Bringing it back to you, how are you thinking about this trade? How do you think that this trade would have gone down? Do you think one team would have won out? Do you think that Russ would have been a good fit with the commanders? And how do you feel about Pete Carroll's stance of let's not trade Russ? So I feel like I actually kind of agree with both sides, interestingly. Uh, I feel like the Washington commanders at this point, looking at their roster, if you, they get a good quarterback, like any good quarterback, you know, yeah. who's above average, they are immediately a legit Super Bowl contender. And that's something that they got to go out and get. Like, for sure, look at their defense. Look at their – they got Antonio Gibson. They got Terry McLaurin. I'm a big com- commander's believer. They just don't have anyone at quarterback. And if you bring in, like, a rookie, you bring in a Malik Willis, you know, think about it. Let's say he gets, you know, really good. And he – even if he gets good, I'm not a big Willis believer. But let's say he can take them to the Super Bowl in three years. Then you already got to start worrying about guys like Chase Young, guys like Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin. You got to give them all second contracts. Like, they got to start building around their really young, good, talented team right now and bring in a good quarterback right now. I think Russell Wilson would be great. On the other hand, I feel like there's no way Seattle's going to trade him. They're just so far – if they trade Russell Wilson, they immediately dive in this massive rebuild. They have like no one on their team. And somehow with Russell Wilson every year, they're just a contender. They're always, you know, up there fighting for the top of the division when Russ is healthy. It's just, it's the craziest thing because their team is just so depleted of talent. And once they trade him, they're just throwing themselves into like three or four years of, of chaos. And I don't think that there's any way they're going to do that. Even if you give them four, four first round picks, something like that. Well, first off, you said that Washington would be a Super Bowl contender with Russell Wilson. So I'm going to give you this. 
I need to get a graphic with a flag on the play. <laughs> I'm off the rails here, man. <laughs> oh, hot take. Early hot take. We're in the Ooh. broiler room. That's how hot Ooh. it is. Ooh. Um, well, you know, about let's put this in. Let's put this Go ahead. Go ahead. Give, give the commanders Russ. All right? Think about mm. their defense. Okay? They got a crazy good defense. Okay? No, they, they have a side That's where wrong. That's where you're wrong. Just, that's where right off the jump, I looked. I was like, "What?" No, their <laughs> defense came in with all kind of hype this year. They were garbage, garbage, pretty much most of the season. So that's where I disagree. I think that they have to build a little bit more on that defense um, before they, like I said, they got a lot of holes to fill in Washington. So I just don't wouldn't sell the farm for Russell Wilson. But yeah, know, they got to have four first round picks right on the defensive line. You know, they have they some did. good linebackers. They got to play though. <laughs> Think about it. If they get, if they get, I don't know, uh, a good second or third round pick who starts performing as a rookie in the secondary or something like that, you know, their defense was a little bit better in the second half of the season. Uh, I think that they could really like their defense has a ton of potential and they have got good pieces on the offense. So yeah, so I I, I agree that they take a huge step up. I think they go straight up to the a- NFC East. I think that they could beat the Cowboys with a good quarterback. Definitely. But when you start to really get into it. I don't know if they're NFC championship representative worth over there. And that's because it's, it's a tough conference to get out of. I agree with Coop right now. Their defense is a lot like the 49ers defense in the sense they bring a lot of energy. They've got a lot of firepower on that front offensive line. Their front seven is good, but their back end sucks. And that's what they were ranked last year. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, and that was a couple of bad games to Dallas too. <laughs> Where I mean, I, I I give Dallas defense a lot of credit. They they made Tyler Haneke's life a living hell. Yeah. Or um, but I don't know. I think the AFC is way harder to get through. I mean, in the AFC, you got Patrick Mahomes, you have Josh Allen, you know, you got Joe Burrow now. You got lots of guys in the NFC. I mean, who are the crazy superstar quarterbacks? Stafford. Stafford's not unbeatable. Kyler Murray now with all his drama. You know, yeah. you got who's like the the. Aaron the quarterback in the Rogers. NFC that there's no way you're passing. Trey Lance. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, but who knows what's going on with him. <laughs> Trey Lance about to wreck the world. <laughs> yeah, Trey Lance, we'll see. <laughs> but I agree with you. I, I Definitely the offensive side, the quarterbacks, it's all youth versus age at that point, AFC versus NFC. But when you look at the NFC, there's a lot more great defenses in the NFC. You know, you got like the 49ers defense. Obviously, the 49ers are not – by far any amazing team, but their defense keeps them in games. And then obviously giving the ball to Debo Samuel every time gives them a chance. But, you know, you look at Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay vested so much to get that defense good last year. It's just, there's, there's a whole different world as far as like that goes. And when you have Russell Wilson, Russ knows the NFC very well, but I don't know if he alone gets into that next level. I think that you still have to deal with, Russ going to Lambeau Field, where he is absolutely the worst. That is like his kryptonite. If you guys have never noticed, anytime he goes to Lambeau Field, he's just like the worst quarterback that ever existed for some reason. But, um, you know, there's still so many challenges. And then Dallas does pose a challenge, even though I think they would be a little bit better with Russ there. Because I think he's a better quarterback than Dak. They still got to get by that defense, which is absolutely on fire right now. So I'm going to sound the alarm one more time. I love hot takes. I love bold takes. Yeah, coming out with my bold takes. (laughs) (laughs) But I also love talking about those bold takes and talking about them. To to be honest, I don't think we'll ever know. We'll never even be able to to figure this out because, you know, they're not getting Russ now. They're not getting Rodgers. So uh, we'll never know. But uh, 
Well, if they get a good quarterback and they, uh, you know, they're gangbusters, then you, you know, we'll say Yuke was right. The defense stepped up, and look what happened. Yeah, Yuke, I, I will throw you a, a surprise party on one of these shows. I'll bring you on, and I'll fucking just. It'll be glory. Oh, You'll have I'll, all the Manscaped ads there. Your, your ego will definitely be. If that happens, I'll deserve it, man. And Manscaped better be throwing at me free merch all day if I get this prediction right. That would be crazy. Talk to Mike. He got you. We love our pay grade. All right, guys. So that is our news segment. Um, let's get right into the scouting combine. And you, I want you to break down who you saw, who you were impressed with, because you are our guy. Yes. Let me get my notes. You are the guy that knows more about me this than me and Commissioner. Me and Commissioner would combine for eight minutes of takes at this point. <laughs> you could probably fill the rest of the show. Yeah, no we're way. hey, listen, I'm, hours, I'm, I'm willing to I'm willing to play off you. So you you lead the way, bro. And we're gonna we're gonna play off you. You tell us yeah. who you like. Hit us up oh, with just it. a couple names that you really enjoyed watching at the scouting combine. So, yeah, I'll start with the quarterbacks. I think that underratedly, um, the hand size obviously is a big deal. Everyone's talking now about Kenny Pickett and his small hands. Um, I think that people don't really uh, grasp the importance of it because the NFL ball is an inch and a half larger in circumference than the college ball. And if you have a hard time holding the ball, it's going to be a lot harder to throw, you know, deep passes, throw in the rain, things like that. I think that's a big knock on Kenny Pickett, a lot bigger than people, even people are saying. And I think that what people aren't really talking about is Sam Howell had surprisingly smaller hands. He had, I think, uh, nine, nine inch and one eighth. All right. Hands, which is not that big. I mean, you know, everyone's a big Sam Howell fan, but uh, the the threshold kind of for like NFL success is nine inches. And he just barely passes that. You know, on the other hand, you have like Desmond Ritter. He had 10 inch hands, which was among the, the biggest of all the quarterbacks. I think that these things are uh, like little subtle nods, you know, to, to point out that Desmond Ritter is, is uh, a little bit underrated. And I think maybe Sam Howell should uh, should uh, take it back a notch. So with um, uh, real quick, sorry, I just want to kind of interject yeah. the little bit that I know. Get <laughs> <laughs> in for a minute. Um, can he pick it? So we'll go back to him for a second. He actually, I did read that he had his hands measured actually. So that there's no more discrepancy on how big they are. Um, and I, I didn't think it just came in kind of average. They weren't like tiny little hands or something like the Burger King commercial. Yeah, it was like eight and a half. They were like eight and a half. So they gave they they wrote a list of like twenty quarterbacks who have all played in the NFL with like sub nine inch hands, and it's like twenty quarterbacks, and I don't think even one of them is a memorable starter. Like not even one. Yeah, it's just it's not a good company to be in. So that's where I was was like Kyle Allen on that list. Sorry, sorry, I just wanted to. No, you're good. That's actually that's where I was gonna go next. Was like, listen, the guy had forty two TDs. I think it was seven interceptions the senior year. So that's nothing to shake a stick at. However, when you're being compared, your NFL comparison is to Taylor Heineke. I don't know if I'm selling the farm to get, excuse me, to, to get one of my big draft picks um, to select you. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. 
Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah, I'm I'm really not a Kenny Pickett fan. I mean, to be honest, also the fact that he only broke out, he only had this like real success in his fifth year. He was a redshirt senior in his fifth year. He only had this big success. It really begs uh, you know a lot of questions. Like he was older than everyone on the field at that time. You know, I just I really don't see any path for Kenny Pickett to be good in the NFL. What hey, about guys, uh, guys? I've got legit uh, photos of them measuring his hands. If you guys. <laughs> I remember this movie. <laughs> oh my god. Give me your other hand. That was a strong hand. <laughs> oh, this guy. All right. Hey, yeah, under so underrated I, Kenny Pickett cameo right here. <laughs> so off, off, the, off the hands for a second. Let's go to the feet. What about Malik Willis, bro? I know there's a lot of talk about him. What are, what are your thoughts after the combine on Malik Willis? So I got to say, I'm really, I'm disappointed that he didn't run. I would have loved to see him run the 40, see how yeah. fast he is. But uh, I actually, I got to say, I, I was not a big fan of Malik Willis before the combine. The combine really bumped him up for me. But I think that he, he, his acceleration is a little bit overblown. You know, the thing that like makes Lamar Jackson so good is not just that he's so fast, but he can yeah. stop on a dime and then quickly accelerate and run right past you. Uh, Malik Willis, once he stops, it takes him like, you know, a little bit longer to really accelerate and blow right past you. And I feel like that's something that might, you know, hinder his running ability. Uh, But the thing with Willis, I mean, at the end of the day, he's, you know, if you're mobile and you have a crazy strong arm, which he does. And, you know, he also apparently there's a lot of stories coming out of the combine. This guy is a true leader. He, you know, rallies everyone around him. He also he there are pictures afterwards after the, the, the day where he was doing all his workouts. He saw a homeless guy outside of the stadium and he was like giving him all his gear, trying to help him out. So, you know, this guy is clearly the, a real leader and he's going to be he's someone who you can build a team around. So I like Willis. The combine really helped him out. But uh, I still I got to say to me, he's still <laughs> only my quarterback three. So, yeah, the com- uh, the combine he came out. The results were solid, is what I read anyway. And uh, the the comparison they made was again to Tyrod Taylor. So I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. I mean, if that's got kind of the ceiling they're looking at, you know, not a guy I'd be spending a high draft pick on for sure. Yeah, I, 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 I like I liked him yeah, more as like a Jalen Hurts type of guy. Like he's for me, he kind of like. Um, not wrong with that. My problem with him is that he doesn't recognize how to like run the ball. He runs the ball like a running back, mm. which is which is a big problem for me because when you're facing higher level contact hitters, like I mean, he got murdered by Ole Miss. He got murdered by Louisville. He got murdered by Army. He was getting sacked all the time. And then when he was hitting, when he was going into contact, he wasn't sliding or anything like that. One of the things I picked up on, like Sam Howell was they kind of have like the same build and the same way outlook of running the ball because, you know, they both kind of just, you know, have problems with acceleration like you said. But Sam Howell likes to slide. He likes to go out of bounds. That's the type of shit I want to see with a running back because if I'm looking at you and you're going straight into Fred Warner, I'm like, you're not going to last very long, bud. Like, you know what I mean? Like he does – I can count on my hand of all the games I saw last year on my two hands, how many times I saw him probably slide or go out of bounds, which is not a good thing. You should be doing that every single game. If you're going to be a volatile runner 
all the time. If you're going to be going around, and then like you said, he doesn't have home run speed. I can't remember what game it is off the top of my head. There was one game where one of the highlights was he was literally running downfield, and the offender caught him, and he decided to wait for somebody to come back and block for him, and he gets hit from behind. I'm like, dude, just go down. Right. <laughs> what is your problem? Just go down. Save yourself. At the next level, I just see that as being a problem. I see him as being somebody who has poor recognition skills as both a runner and a passer. He's got a great arm. He's a great improviser, very elusive. Obviously, there's a lot of fundamentals that can be worked into him, but he's got to be going to a spot that's got a coach that can handle that. And that that's just my take on Malik Willis. We can get back on track. But- <laughs> hey, Justin had a whole rant ready for Malik. He's like, this is all Here we go. Let me get the floor. <laughs> he's a guy I scouted a lot because I was like, I'm trying to figure out the hype behind this guy. And I'm like, yeah, he's got a cannon, but he overthrows screens. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> this guy's accuracy is totally erratic. You know, it was actually interesting that you brought up with Tyrod Taylor. Because the interesting thing about Tyrod Taylor is that he is so accurate and he totally takes care of the football. But the problem with Malik Willis is that his accuracy is just so all over the place. You know, you right. never know when he's going to throw like a dime or when he's going to throw just this wild, you know, interception, overthrow a guy by 10 yards on the screen. So it's just um, – I actually compared him to Tyler Huntley, the backup on the Ravens. So, you know, yeah. sometimes he gets like really good throws and, yeah, he, he's mobile. But, like, his accuracy is just too much for me. Like, I, I wouldn't uh, – I, I don't even have a first-round grade on him. Like, he's interesting. And, I you know, I take him in the second round for, like, because I'm intrigued. Or maybe in the first round if you're, like, really quarterback desperate. But I, I don't know about Malik. I got – I have my reservations. So, I had a take on where to take him. And it was uh, – yeah, I know, right? You like that? <laughs> it was totally organic. <laughs> Anyways, um. So I think that Detroit, if he were to make it to the back end, the very back end of the first round, I think that Detroit coming up, either staying at 32 or coming up maybe like to like 20s, early 20s, I think that would be a good spot for him. He can learn from Jared Goff. He could spend a year or two there. They have to waste Jared Goff's contract anyways because it's so freaking backloaded, just just like the Rams do. They overpay everybody and they guarantee it all. (laughs) So I think that that would be a good spot for him. You know, he can learn. He has a lot of weapons around him. He's got a good player at every position, kind of like how we were talking about with Washington. He's got a good running back, good receiver, a good tight end, and they can just kind of build that team around him. You know, he's got a core offensive line that's working out. So that was, that was kind of my take on where they should take him, but all indications are either Washington or Pittsburgh right now. And I like, like I said, Malik, he had a whole take. He had to get the floor. Listen, let me just say this too, just so you don't know, Yuke. Um, this guy over here is our resident Rams hater. So just so you're aware for the Rams jokes, uh, they'll, they'll keep coming. But listen, Yo, wait, you, I'm a Rams fan. Yo, now I got to log off. Ah. <laughs> and you're never welcome back. Hey, give us some guys, though, you know, for fantasy purposes, dynasty-wise, that, you know, we should, after this combine, we should be looking at. So I definitely – I'll just give you, like, my top five quarterbacks. Um, I like – my favorite is, is Matt Corral. He's actually a top five prospect to me. I love Matt Corral. Um, so I got Matt Corral, then Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, and then Kenny Pickett. So I actually – I think Matt Corral and Desmond Ritter, you know, a lot of – they're not really being talked about right now in fantasy circles. But I think that just because I think they're going to be really great pros – and they have good running ability. They have good feet. They're, they're mobile. And they, they, I think they're going to be around for a long time. They're going to be good starters, and teams are going to hold on to them. 
And if you're a quarterback, even if you're not, you know, like Patrick Mahomes, if you're a quarterback and you're a fringe top 10 fantasy quarterback for 10 years, that's someone I want on my dynasty team for sure. Like I don't want someone who maybe is going to be a top five quarterback, but it's possible that in three years he's out of the league. You know, like I don't really want guys like that. So, and I think also another uh, addition with Desmond Ritter is that he ran a four or five at the combine. Like this guy is deceptively fast. He has long feet. And when he takes off, he takes off and he is not afraid to run. So I think Desmond Ritter could be uh, a quality runner. And, you know, we all know that uh, uh, running quarterbacks, that's where the fantasy points come. Oh yeah. And now all day. Who would you like to see Ritter go to? Cause I was, I was pretty high on Ritter too. I liked him as a prospect coming out of Cincinnati. I liked all of his tape. I thought he was kind of a true natural leader. And I think that would be something that would kind of get him a spot in the league. I was kind of thinking more along the lines of maybe like a new Orleans, but you know, where, where would you see him? So it's funny that you brought bring up New Orleans. I actually think New Orleans is like the is the worst possible fit. <laughs> for Desmond Ritter. And I'll tell you why his accuracy is, is he has bad accuracy you know his he his throws are they're not way off like malik willis but he will consistently miss the throws i mean yeah he's made some great throws but he'll consistently be off by a yard or two and not only do they not have any good receivers but even their good receiver michael thomas he relies on accurate throwing you know they built an offense around drew Brees, who was one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time you know going from a guy like that to desmond ritter whose accuracy is very you know just you know hit or miss I just feel like that would be too much of an adjustment. I feel like he would not uh, fit in there. Uh, I would love to see him honestly go to a place like uh, maybe Washington to the commanders. That'd be cool. Uh, or if, you know, the, if the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson, I would love to see him in Seattle. That would be real fun. Uh, so there's some good, there's some good landing spots for him for sure. He'd be Geno Smith 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I sure hope not. All right. Let, let's talk a little bit of the running backs. How'd you feel about the running backs? Obviously Brees Hall, he balled out, um, still kind of lukewarm on him. I mean, I like his overall talent. He obviously has proven to be an athlete. But on the tape, he kind of just always seemed like somebody that was doing too much. I don't know if that was just being in Ohio or Iowa State and he's just, you know, he had to do too much. But he always just seemed like the guy who would make the cutbacks. And I said it on a tweet, our tweeter tweeter <laughs> on a tweet you know his cutbacks look like what i was doing in grade school like they were just terrible <laughs> like he would he would circle around and i'd be like dude that's so wide like what are you doing like there's no fluidity to it that's just obviously my take i'm not a college guy at all but you know just watching the tape how did you look at priest hall before and how do you look at him now after the combine so, yeah, for sure. I actually I had uh, I like Bruce Hall, but I wasn't like you said, I wasn't very high on him. Like he he looked like he was just very successful, but he didn't look he didn't blow me away. Like I wasn't watching him thinking like, man, this guy is going to be a crazy NFL running back, you know, and he had some traits that I was a little bit excited about. But I kind of had him, you know, just out of the first round grade, something like that. Um, but the thing is, when you have a running back who has had put up crazy college production. You know, he was just in Ohio, in Iowa State. He put up insane numbers. I think he's, you know, second all-time in touchdowns there. You know, he has a ton of 200-yard games. Like, this guy put up crazy production. And on top of that, he's a freakish athlete. You know, he blew away the combine. I think he ran, yeah, he ran a 4.39. He mm-hmm. had a 40-inch vert, uh, a 10-foot, 6-inch broad jump. Like, they, yep. these are crazy numbers. You know, so when you have the production and you have the athleticism and a lot of guys are raving about him, that he is like a 100 percent a team guy like he he rose a lot for me in the combine. You know, I have like a, a mid to late first round grade on him now. I really like Brees Hall. Yeah, they're comparing him to Le'Veon Bell. When you start talking about NFL comparisons, not a bad running back to be compared to, um, you know, and again, right now in the NFL, 
running backs are, you know, in a workhorse anyway, are scarce. So could find himself anywhere that's really in need of a secondary or a main running back. So where would, yeah. I had a question for you guys. You know, dynasty startup drafts are going to obviously start working their way into it. And some people will just put everything together, rookies and vets. Where would you be putting him caliber-wise based off of all the stuff that we know right now? Not knowing his team, obviously, but where would you guys be putting him? Would you guys be putting him, you know, RB2 level? Would you guys be maybe creeping into RB3 level? Like, for me, I'm looking at him. He's probably, you know, 12 through 24. You know, he's probably a little bit higher than maybe like the Ezekiel Elliott's right now because of just the age factor for Ezekiel Elliott. That's more or less what I'm trying to get at is, you know, where where is the range you guys have him as a dynasty startup draft right now? Um, a lot definitely. of people have him as like going high as Najee Harris and DeAndre Swift, which I think is fucking insane. Yeah, yeah. it goes like the Dolphins. That's wild. Right. You know. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, I will. I will Get some say. Offensive line over there. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Listen, I will say. Um, you know, I would definitely not put him higher than Zeke. Um, you know, he's at the end of my drafts. And on a taxi squad is what I'm looking at right now. The guy, we don't know where he's going to be. Don't know what, where he's going to be involved in or what team. So too many variables right now for me, if I was drafting today to consider him over some perennial starters right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think about uh, maybe 12 to like 18, 19 range, something like that. I mean, at the end of the day, he's going to come in as a rookie, and I do think that he's very good. And there are a few spots that he goes to, you know, no offense, Coop, but if he goes to Miami, like that would definitely lower his stock. But I feel like most running back needy places that he goes to. <laughs> I don't know about that. But uh, if you're a Rams fan and you hate the doll or you hate on the Dolphins, you're about to get kicked off the show, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be real, I'm not actually a Rams fan. I was just messing. I'm a, I'm a diehard Ravens fan, though. Oh, you're a Ravens fan? Oh, yeah, well, shit. I'll hook you up with some tickets, man. I live in Baltimore. I live close to Baltimore. Oh, <laughs> that's wild. Um, anyway, yeah. So I like Brees Hall. I think that he's about 12 to 18, 19. That's, uh, that's uh, the right range for him. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's a good that's a good range for him. I mean, obviously he's going to be uh, in consideration for a starting running back anywhere he goes. I mean, obviously if he goes to the Dolphins, then he's probably going to be like an RB5 on taxi squad. So <laughs> no, no, but honestly, um, I, th- I think you actually have it on the, the nail there. He's, he's probably between the 12, 18 range, just based on the hype of what we've seen from the combine. But you're absolutely right. Took it away from you. Sorry about that. Keep going. Who else do you think in the running back situation? So I'm a big fan. Before this, I was a huge fan of Isaiah Spiller. I was watching Isaiah Spiller's tape, and everyone was saying that he's not so fast, but this guy has burst. He's elusive. He has crazy vision, and he can explode. I was, I'm was, i telling you, I was watching his tape, and I, my jaw was constantly dropping to the floor. Every play that he made, he kept getting caught in a phone booth, and he juked the shoes out of guys. And it was just so fun to watch. Like I was watching this guy, and he's big, too. He's I think he's 6'1". He's over 200 pounds. Like This guy, he is a real running back, and I loved him. I actually had him, I think, just out of my top 10 
uh, uh, overall prospects. I loved Isaiah Spiller. Thing is, he came to the combine. He chose not to run, which I, I don't put too much stock in that. But I always like it's it's a little bit of a red flag because you know these guys are practicing a ton before the combine, and usually when they choose not to run, it's because they know that they're not going to put up good numbers. So that worried me a little bit. And then he put up a really bad vertical jump. He was only thirty, you know, thirty inches. He uh, jumped a nine foot six inch broad jump, which which is among the lower uh, ranks of the running backs. So he did not have a good combine. So that lowered him a little bit for me. But I still think, especially for running back, you know, the speed and explosiveness is a little bit overrated. What I would have loved to see is his three cone drill because he has crazy change of direction. The three cone drill, I think, is a great, you know, barometer for running backs. Um, I still have him as my RB1 in, in fantasy. I, in, you know, in all my rankings, I got to be honest. Uh, but yeah, the combine definitely lowered him a little bit that he did not put up a good show. Yeah, he probably didn't prepare well. That's probably, as you mentioned, that's probably why he came into and said, hey, I'm not going to perform well because I didn't prepare well, which to me is a big red flag, especially going into, you know what the deal is, going into the combine. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. I also, I got to just throw, throw this in there. Uh, two more takes about my running backs. Uh, Rashad White, I think he's someone, do not overlook this guy. I love him, okay? The one big thing about him is everyone's saying, you know, he is smart. He has vision. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's one of those guys, you could tell he's a natural running back. Like, he knows what he's doing. But they were all saying, like, he's not that fast, you know? And then he goes to the combine, and he runs a 4-4-8, which for running back standards, that's pretty good. That guy, he, he's got some speed. And watching his tape, he just, he looks like Alvin Kamara. And I, it's yeah, it's crazy to compare someone to Alvin Kamara. I'm not gonna say you know off the bat that he's gonna have Alvin Kamara career, but at yeah. the end of the day, like what makes them so special is that they're elusive. Like they know how to you know get in the phone booth with a guy and then get past him, and they just have this crazy vision where they know exactly where to go at all times. They know how to mani- manipulate their blocks, how to burst through holes, how to hit the second gaps. They know mm-hmm. everything. They know exactly how to play the running back position. So I love Rashad White. Uh, another guy that I think uh, is on the flip side, uh, Kenneth Walker is, you know, for a lot of people, he's their RB1. I'm actually real low on Kenneth Walker. I think this guy, he's actually, he's he's pretty small. He's only 5'9". Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he ran a 4'3'8". But if you're 5'9", you better run a 4'3'8". Like if he was running slower than a 4'3'8", you know, I would be lowering his stock. Um and the problem with him is, is that he is an early down back. He's not a good blocker and he's not a good re- receiving threat out of the backfield. So he's not going to get third down, uh, you know, third down reps. And on top of that, he's not big. You know, he's not very elusive. And he he doesn't have the anticipation that I would have wanted for early down running back where you can kind of like be patient behind the line. He has good patience, but to be patient behind the line and watch blocks that are developing and be ready to hit them when you need to. He didn't really have that the way that I wanted to. So for an early down back that can't play on third down, that's small, doesn't have anticipation, it's just I'm not so high on Kenneth Walker. So those are my A lot of red flags. No, that's good. That's a lot of red flags. There there are a lot of people high on Kenneth Walker right now, talking about the Dolphins being one of them. So I think he's – yeah, just Go go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I just think he's one of those guys that, like, exploded in college, you know, put out, like, crazy stats. There's always guys like that. And then he comes to the NFL, and he's just – he doesn't have the athletic traits or the size to just to to be an NFL running back. That's just what I feel about Kenneth Walker. Sounds more like a Darren Sproles is what it sounds like. Yeah, well, Darren Sproles was a good third down running back. He could uh, yeah. catch out of the backfield like nobody's business. Yeah, Darren Sproles was a beast. I mean, he's like maybe like a Danny Woodhead type of situation, but um, kind of just like a you know a less athletic version of Darren Sproles in the sense, you know. Yeah, man. Um, how do you feel about Kyron Williams? A lot of people were down talking the fact that he ran a four six five at 194 pounds. Obviously, that's not impressive whatsoever. Um, 
But, you know, I don't really always look into the 40-yard dash as a running back because that just tells me you have breakaway speed, but it doesn't tell me you have good vision. It doesn't tell me you have good quickness. You know, like you were saying, the three-cone drill is essential for, like, cutting and, like, being able to cut back and, you know, do – you know, essential jukes in, in uh, as you were saying, like a phone booth. You know, how quick are your feet? That's what I really want to look at with that. But, you know, with Kyron Williams, when I saw him on tape, he was one of those guys that really stood out to me because he's got great contact balance. He's a good pass protector, you know. So if you're a good pass protector, you can essentially be a three down back, sometimes even, you know, yeah, I mean, even at that size, at 194. So just kind of walk me through what you saw with him, do you have any hopes for his pro day being any better? Um, do you think that, you know, he's got any chance of making this in the top five now that we kind of like exposed that he's really just not that fast of a guy? Yeah, so I got to be honest. I mean, Kyron Williams, I'm not going to say he's off my board, but this was a big hit to him. I, to begin with, I wasn't very high on Kyron Williams. He wasn't really great at anything. Like, he was just pretty good at a lot of things and coming from a place like Notre Dame like you'd expect him to have good coaching and to already be pretty good at things and the fact that he couldn't really take that step and be an elite running back that was a little bit concerning and then on top of that if you're a small running back who's slow that's like that's a, a, a you know that's the, the nail in your coffin when you're trying to go to the NFL obviously there are guys who are exceptions there are guys who come in and they're small and they're you know they're not that fast and they're good NFL running backs but do you really, you know, want to, you know, hey, want to bet on an exception like that on a guy like Kyron Williams, who's an anomaly to really break out? Just, I don't. It, it feels, you know, too, too, too scary for me. I would, I wouldn't touch that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it, w- it was definitely an eye opener for everybody because everybody was expecting this guy to come in and really just like blow the top off everybody. And, and the end, it was Brees Hall that actually blew the top off everybody, and yeah. this guy was kind of just underwhelming, right? Well, so we got about 10 minutes left in the show. Let's bust out pass catchers as a whole. So give me wide receivers and tight ends. Um, just give me a couple guys that you thought really up their draft stock and maybe a couple guys that you thought maybe dropped their draft stock. Yeah, I'll do it real quick so we don't have to waste too much time. I'll just start with the tight ends because that's an easy one. Really, there was nobody from the tight end who – there was no one to begin with who was really fantasy relevant. And then on top of that, there wasn't really anyone who, who put up a good show at the combine. No one really bombed, but no one did really well either. Like, no one really changed their draft stock. So I just feel like the tight ends is the guys who, you know, maybe in, like, rookie drafts you take a, a late second-round flyer on, but maybe depending on a landing spot. But there's no tight end, so I feel like are noteworthy for fantasy. Can I ask yeah. you one real quick? And I might, again, we talked about this earlier about pronouncing names right. So if I get it wrong, my bad. Jelani Woods, I was looking at his, I guess, write up 6'7, 259 pounds. He yeah. was, his 40 was 4'6, uh, but he was second fastest among tight ends. Um, had the most bench presses, so obviously the strongest. Better known as a blocker at Oklahoma State. Um, so now becoming, you know, going to the NFL as a pass catcher. Um, you know, maybe somebody to watch out for. I don't know your thoughts because I don't know shit. That's interesting. So I got to be honest, I didn't get as deep as Jelani Woods, but uh, but I did have heard about him and I did see some some things about him. At the end of the day, if you're not going to be a pass catcher in college, you know, on your college football team, then coming to the NFL, especially if you're known as a blocker, yeah, he has great athleticism and he did show out at the combine, but I don't think he's fantasy relevant. I mean, maybe if you put him on a team who has no tight end at all and the co- the quarterback comes out before the season and says, I love this guy, maybe I'd take a flyer on him. Otherwise, I just, you know, he's way too far-fetched for me. Although I did like him as a blocker, I think he got really low. He engaged his hips and he chopped his feet. Everything that you want to see from a um, good blocking tight end, and that will give him more opportunities on the field to possibly see more pass catching opportunities. 
which, I mean, obviously if George Kittle went for Iowa and was a predominant blocker at Iowa, he can get on the field. If he can get on the field, get more chances, work into it. Not everybody's Ian Thomas. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. But um, you give us a couple more, guys. What would you see in the receivers? Obviously, right, you said yeah. the tight ends were kind of a waste. Everybody already kind of knew that. It's Trey McBride in the third round or nothing. But um, let's yeah. go to the receivers. We saw a lot of guys really work up their stock. Chris Olave kind of showed his speed. He's obviously still very small. One guy I'm not very interested in, I want to see if you're interested in him too, Calvin Austin the third, five foot eight, 170, but he ran a great 40. He did pretty much everything in the top levels. I mean, he was even a shuttle. Am I right, Calvin Austin? Yeah, didn't he run like a 4 yeah, cool. five, eight. Exactly. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, but he's a slot. He, I mean, honestly, fantasy-wise, yeah, he might not be that great. Maybe like a wide receiver too if he has a good like slot season. But honestly, for NFL standards, that's a guy that you could legitly put in the slot, and he would absolutely tear shit up. I mean, I could see that guy being a great yak. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. He got good good takes. (laughs) 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 I'm naming guys he hasn't heard of, and uh, you're naming five eight guys. So you 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 lead the way. No, hit me up. I love this. I love being tested. But uh, definitely, I, w- I don't know about Calvin Austin. I mean, again, like like Coop said, he's 5'8". You know, how many successful NFL wide receivers do you know that are 5'8"? It doesn't matter how fast how they are. How big was Wes well, Walker? How size. big was Julian Edelman? <laughs> I think he was taller than 5'8", no? I mean, look, again, there are anomalies. Steve Smith was also here. I think he was pretty short, too. But at the end of the day, you know, he doesn't have – Calvin Austin didn't play with the real toughness like Julian Edelman and Steve Smith played with. You know, he's a fast guy. He's, you know, obviously lightning quick, but he's small. And, I mean, again, depending on landing spot, he's someone I'd maybe take a flyer on. If he maybe goes to a team that doesn't have a deep threat and he goes to a team that has, like, one good wide receiver and no deep threat, so maybe he'd be the wide receiver too, I'd be willing to take, a, take you know, maybe a second-round pick on him. But I, I there mo- most places he goes to, I'm not going to be very impressed. Who is your favorite actually, receiver? Yeah, yeah. So my wide receiver one is Garrett Wilson. I love Garrett Wilson. He he is a dog, and he showed he, at the combine he showed out. He put up a four three eight. People thought he would be fast in like the four fours, but he ran a four three eight. He had a thirty six inch vertical, which is pretty good. And he also showed for wide receivers also a big thing the hand size. He showed he almost has ten inch hands, which is very big for a wide receiver. So I love Garrett Wilson. He's one of those guys. He knows how to play the wide receiver position. He's just a natural. He's an athlete, and he's just really good at everything. So he's easily my wide receiver one. Um, but it's actually interesting, Justin, you brought up Chris Olave because uh, some people said like, oh, he put up a great, you know, speed number. He had a ran a, I think it was a four, three, nine, but yeah, but he actually came up. People were expecting him to be a little bit, a little bit heavier than he, than he weighed in. Yeah. He, so that was a little bit of a concern because he plays tough. I mean, yeah, he's fast, but he plays tough and he came in a little bit lighter than, than we thought he would. Um, so that was a little bit of a, of a concern that lowered him. Also, his vertical jump was not that high, but yeah, I, I'm actually, I love Chris Olave. I'm a big Chris Olave stand. So, uh, how about Treylon Burks? He's a route runner. I, oh, I, I like yeah. anybody who can run good routes, like you know, Jerry Judy, Cooper Cup. That's how you get separation is when you run yeah, great. And routes. he can do everything, Chris Olave. He tracks yeah. the ball, he catches everything. He is athletic, he can jump. I mean, he can do it all. I love Chris Olave. So but tell yeah, me, who brought up uh, uh, Traylon Burks. So that was interesting. A lot of people are saying, oh, four, five, five. He showed some speed, but I don't know. I don't know who's saying four, five, five is speed. You know, Traylon Burks, you know, people are comparing him to like A.J. Brown. But then they, A.J. Brown was an insane, you know, yards after the catch monster. You know, and Traylon Burks, he's good after the catch, but he's not insane, you know, and he's good and he has big arms. Don't get me wrong. I love Traylon Burks. I'm not here to, to, you know, shit on Traylon Burks. But, uh, 
And he he also, he showed out he almost has 10-inch hands, which is big. But I just, I didn't feel that there was enough special with Traylon Burks. You know, he's not that fast and he's big, but he's not tall. He's not like, you know, 6'4", 6'5". So he, he's a good possession receiver. Like, yeah, I could see him in a role similar to A.J. Brown. I just don't know that he's going to have the success that A.J. Brown did. Of course, it just depends on landing spot. But, uh, yeah, he's an interesting name to bring up for sure. So I want to ask one more name. It's Christian Watson, North Dakota State, obviously lower-end guy. But he's kind of along the build of Traylon Burks, but he had a 4-3-8. So what do you feel about that kind of talent? Do you think it can translate? Do you think, you know, he can bring up the competition from the FCS and kind of like translate his game to the NFL and have a good career? Or do you think he's just like going to be like a, a career number two or a backup? So, yeah, I, I actually I love Christian Watson. Now, he was a guy that before, coming into this, he was like barely in my top 50 prospects. You know, I liked him. But again, FCS, he didn't show out a lot on tape. But everything that he possibly measured was off the charts. You know, he's 6'4". That's massive. 6'4", 208. This guy is a big dude running a 4'3'6". He has over 10-inch hands. You know, this guy jumped a 38-and-a-half vertical. Everything that he could possibly measure was just absolutely elite. And I really think that this guy could show out. He, he made a big jump. He's, I think, in my you know close to my top 30 prospects. Yeah, he comes from the FCS. But if you're a guy who's that big and is that athletic and is that fast – I just think there's a lot of things that teams can do with him. I, just, I find it hard to believe that a guy, you know, with that size and that speed, that athleticism is going to come into the NFL and not be really productive. You know, just yeah. wait, just before we move on from uh, from the wide, rest of the wide receivers, just one guy I want to throw in there, Sky Moore. All right. I feel like guys, guys love Sky Moore. They're, you know, putting him into their like fringe, maybe top six, top seven wide receivers. For me, he's my wide receiver three. I love Sky Moore. And, you know, people are saying, oh, he didn't go up against great competition. But this guy also, he is 5'10". All right, so you're saying he's a little bit on the shorter side, but he is heavier than Garrett Wilson. He's heavier than Chris Olave. All right, he's uh, 195, so he's got some good size to him. He has massive hands for a 5'10 guy. He also over 10 inch and a quarter hands. Those are big hands. This guy ran a 4-4-1. You know, he ran a great three cone among like the top guys in a three cone. He had an outstanding combine. I love Sky Moore. I think he's going to be great. He might even go in the first round. I would not be surprised, and he could be insane for fans. Yeah, no, that's another great name. Well, guys, we are just about timed up here. Um, Yuke, phenomenal guest. Please join us again. We would love to have you. We'd love oh, to have you with, with our other co-hosts because I know they've got some names they want to run by you too. Um, you're a machine, man. I can't wait till you have 150 of these guys out there. Um, oh, where can we find you? Where can we find your writing? You obviously write for Belly Up. Do you write for anybody else? Go ahead. It's your time. Plug it away. So actually, I'm pretty new uh, as a writer. Uh, I actually just joined Belly Up. This is my first experience writing. Uh, I joined Belly Up like a month and a half ago. Uh, technically, I also joined, uh, I think, uh, Dr. Rado uh, as a fantasy contributor um, and also especially as like a uh, scouting analyst, NFL draft analyst. But I think, you know, as of now, and I spoke to them, I think we're going to wait until after the NFL draft. Maybe I'll so I haven't started writing there yet. But hopefully after NFL draft, I'll start pumping out some articles there, you know, that are more fit for landing spots and rankings of guys after that. Um, but mostly, yeah, it's just, you know, belly up, uh, hopefully Dr. Rado soon. And then on Twitter, you know, you underscore NFL, pretty straightforward. Uh, always, you know, pumping out those hot takes on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, you could always, uh, hit me awesome. up. Awesome, man. Awesome. And that was, that wraps up another great show for us at the BFF or a uh, belly up fantasy live. Um, have a great one guys. Have enjoyed your Sundays. Um, and yeah, thank you for coming on you.
Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.